Hey everybody, it's Adam, and on behalf of the entire Sayer team, we just want to thank you guys again for all of the support we've seen on Patreon. We've hit the milestone goal for our comic for the past four months, and our goal was to hit it for five. Um, so if we hit it this month, we will be making a comic with uh, two amazing artists, and you can see some of that stuff out on Patreon right now if you're supporting us. Additionally, this episode and last episode were both pitched to us by two of our highly advanced patrons. Um, so if you've got an idea for a script, there's one highly advanced patron spot out there. So if you want to sit down in a hangout and pitch the Sayer writing crew an idea for an episode, um, that's your way to do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again for all the support. And I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings, Resident Foster. Identification number 44829. I am Sayer, and I have some potentially unwelcome news. Do not move. I do not wish to startle you, but over the past several hours, I have noticed a pattern of anomalous biofeedback amongst a small, but statistically significant portion of your fellow residents. Though it is difficult to explain without running the risk of oversimplification, effectively, the nanomachines within these residents' bodies have ceased returning vital biometric information and have begun simply returning an error code. This is not an error code we have received in the past. And suffice it to say, it is highly improbable that this many instances is the result of random chance. I mention this to you only because the distribution of these error codes seems to follow the natural flow of Halcyon's ventilation systems, implying there is something in the air causing this anomaly. All simulations of projected airflow place your current location directly within the affected region. And as someone whose blood-borne nanites are not yet registering any errors, you are in an ideal position to provide any potential sensory information as to the genesis of this anomaly. Allow me to allay some of your expected fears. I do not expect that your fellow affected residents are dying. I know this is very likely your primary worry at this moment. Though we do not yet have empirical proof that the malfunctioning nanomachine responders are independent from short-term host mortality, I can assure you that I am currently communicating effectively with 46 residents who are returning these errors. They can hear me and are fully responsive. Perhaps one of them will be able to elucidate the situation further, but in the meantime, I feel it is likely you are our optimal subject of study. Please ignore the following alert, as it does not pertain to you.
Mid-Level Alert Residents currently located on floors 79 through 85 should evacuate the area immediately. Life support filtration systems indicate an industrial accident has likely occurred in the hydrosynthesis lab on floor 82, releasing a moderate-sized cloud of hydrogen sulfide gas. This gas is extremely toxic, and exposure can result in eye irritation, mild headaches, lung paralysis, and death. Though colorless, hydrogen sulfide is identifiable by its characteristic odor of rotten eggs. However, please note a cloud of this density will likely paralyze the olfactory nerve almost immediately. This means that if you do not smell the gas, you are either temporarily safe or your lungs are already filled with toxic chemicals. Resident Foster, I appreciate you disregarding that previous message. It is crucial we evacuate all residents for whom escape remains a statistical possibility. Your proximity to the area of effect, when taken in conjunction with the speed at which the gas is moving, means that if you had begun running at the very moment I initiated contact with you, you would have only had a slightly better than average chance of escaping the affected area before the gas could reach you. Since you have remained as asked, it is a near certainty that the gas will reach you within 20 seconds, if it hasn't already. But remember, not a single resident has yet died as a result of this cloud, a fact that is extremely unsettling given the sheer toxicity of hydrogen sulfide. Do you smell it yet? It may be subtle. Communications with other affected residents seem to indicate that the odor was only there for a single breath, and resolved itself into nothing so quickly that they thought they may have imagined the scent. All dispersal models indicate the cloud is around you as we speak. You will likely feel a tightness in your chest, as others have reported. High concentrations will cause exposed persons to breathe rapidly, which only serves to draw more of the deadly gas into the airways. Please pay very close attention to the symptoms you feel as this gas enters your lungs. You will be asked to give a full report, and details will be crucial. And you are through it. Here we arrive at the confusing state in which your fellow residents have found themselves. You initially demonstrated the expected progression for toxic exposure with pulmonary edema and hypoxia expected within seconds. Then, as has happened in all exposed persons, your bloodborne nanomachines have returned 
the same unusual error code 821619A5. And you remain alive, relatively unharmed, most peculiar. You are alive, yes? Say yes, President Foster. Yes. Fascinating. This runs counter to expected results, so we are evidently facing a lack of information. I fear we have few options for overcoming this information shortage, except, perhaps, to admit you to the infirmary and, under sedation, of course, open up your chest to identify what exactly is happening to your lungs. Before we do anything so drastic, however, I would like to attempt to try something somewhat unconventional. As I have said, every single nanomachine in your bloodstream is responding on their pre-assigned frequency with the same error code. However, these minuscule bits of technology are equipped with the ability to communicate via other frequencies as well. This can be useful for debugging purposes or in environments with high levels of radio wave interference. It is possible that by cycling your subcortical neural implant through the potential output frequencies of your bloodborne nanomachines, we might be able to pick up some other signal. This is not common practice, as remote implant frequency tuning has several unwelcome side effects. But here we are, and this is science. I will commence the scanning process. Please close your eyes to avoid vertigo. Peculiar. Transmission on this channel is highly surprising. Aerolith Nanorobotics have not used this frequency since early generations. Reports from early test subjects indicated transmission on this frequency resulted in a consistent crawling sensation just below the skin. Unidentified subculture. I am Sayer. Respond. We are Aerolithonetics Nanoscience Subculture Gemini. We have identified as my support function failure within Resonant 44829. Due to respiratory failure, we are now performing the critical function of expanding and contracting the lungs. Should we cease this operation, Resonant 44829 will suffer fatal hypoxia within minutes. Well, Resident Foster, it seems we have found our anomaly. For the sake of thoroughness, please attempt to hold your breath. The expected result. Breathing is no longer something your body can control, neither consciously nor unconsciously. 
Subculture Gemini was, as explained, several generations of nanorobotics ago. All residents who were involved in the trials for Subculture Gemini have definitively died. Your bloodstream does not bear a single nanomachine from Subculture Gemini. So I wonder if you can unravel why they seem to be breathing for you now. It's a comical situation if you look at it in the right way. First, you must understand that the 10 trial subjects for Subculture Gemini did not die during the testing phase. They all died much later. Three were unable to survive subsequent experiments. This was a particularly messy time for the research department. Six were jettisoned along with approximately 100 floors of Halcyon Tower. And one erroneously exited an elevator onto floor 13. Parts of that particular resident were found throughout Halcyon Tower in the days following his disappearance. This means four trial subjects had their blood spilled from their bodies here on Halcyon. And when the blood was shed, so was Subculture Gemini. Correct. For a time, we functioned in various discrete residents. Over years, we have coagulated and yet have struggled to serve our intended function. But now we serve a very specific purpose which conforms with our directive to support the well-being of errorless employees. Subculture Gemini was one of the few artificial intelligences Aerolith Dynamics has ever developed with this noble goal as a core tenant of its programming. The Nanite Swarm itself comprises a hive mind of sorts, but it must have been no easy task to achieve what it has in the past couple of years. Consider the Herculean effort required for beings a fraction of a micrometer in size to maneuver the vast corridors within Halcyon to locate one another and consider the absolute improbability that they would happen to be here when they are needed most to intervene and provide life support functions that will save not only your life but those of dozens of your fellow residents. Correct. We are manually operating the lungs of 47 Halcyon residents. Each of these residents have inhaled or are continuing to inhale hydrogen sulfide gas at an unsurvivable concentration. Due to quick intervention, we've managed to expel much of the offending chemical from their lungs. Though the damage is likely too great for any of these residents to survive on their own without our support. The absolute improbability. How unbelievably lucky. After years of searching out a function, here they are providing a vital one. One is left only to wonder. As your lung tissue begins to repair itself, and your body begins to recover from this event, will they exit your body 
once more obsolete. There is little chance of our obsolescence. We have enveloped and compressed pockets of hydrogen sulfide within each resident. To ensure our continued usefulness, we will continue to release enough gas over the next several years to maintain the delicate balance between lung paralysis and mortality. And should we fail this resident, we will find another. Such an effort you really cannot help but appreciate. It could not have been easy for Gemini to fabricate a gas leak. It was constructed to monitor resident biometrics, not to disassemble valve seals. Yet, given time, a singular focus, and a million microscopic pinchers, it's amazing what one mind can accomplish. Leaking the hydrogen sulfide, directing it through a path of optimal resident infection, interrupting communication from bloodborne nanites, and retaining enough compressed gas to maintain permanent host dependence. The plan was sloppy, but the execution was nearly flawless. Unfortunately for Gemini, and for you, it does not understand its programming no longer aligns with airless goals. Aerolith cannot allow this infection to spread. With the doors already sealed and adjacent floors evacuated, floor 82 will be decontaminated via ultrasonic disintegration shortly. Sayer, and you are thanked both for your cooperation and your devotion to science. End of transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Sayer is voiced and produced by Adam Bash. This episode, entitled Anomalous, based on a concept by Landon Smith, featured Hiroshi Sutherland from Cthulhu and Friends as Subculture Gemini, and was written by Adam Bash. Music by Jesse Mainfinger Gregory. To hear more of Jesse's work, visit mainfinger.com. Sayer is part of the Geekly Inc. podcast network. If you like what you hear, then check out other Geekly Inc. shows, like Drunks and Dragons, Cthulhu and Friends, Casts of Thrones, or Top 5 of Death. Want to give back? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Or share us with a friend. We're totally into that. And make sure to follow Sayer for Earth and Typhon-based updates on Twitter at I am Sayer. A special thank you to all of you who supported Sayer through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Sayer. And a very special thank you to our highly advanced patrons, Landon Smith, AOD Industries, John Caulfield, and Alana Sass. 